Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Aleph. Today's shir is Ilunishmas Ben Zion Ben Zeev Avram Halevi, Shaina Bas Yitzchak and Yitzchak Leib Ben Yosef. May their memory be a blessing and may their Neshamas have an Aliyah. The um, yeah, so so I'm going to go from the sixth last line, the first wide line on Samach Amud Bey 60B. The remember. Remember yesterday we were discussing, we discussed that a Koban Pesach that is shechted for the name or offered for the name of another sacrifice becomes in, is invalid. So for example, if you shecht it as a Shlomim, it's invalid. Um, however, the rest of the year, if you shecht it as a Shlomim, then it is valid. If you shecht it as a Pesach, it's invalid. So let's say you set aside your Koban Pesach two weeks before Pesach. And then you go and you offer it as a korban. If you offer it as a korban Pesach, it's invalid. If you offer it as a, as a shlomim, then it is valid. Now, that's, that's what we discussed yesterday. Now, the Gomorrah is going to ask, what about Shinui Balim? If you shecht your Shinui Balim means change of owners. Are you shecht the korban for the wrong owners? So the coin has in mind, instead of shechting it for Ruvain, he's shechting it for Shimon. Or Bakoban Pesach, he has in mind, instead of shechting it for um, the one group, he shechts it for the wrong group. That's Shinui Balim. So we want to know, if you, if you shecht the Koban Pesach during... Obviously, if you shecht the Koban Pesach on Erev Pesach for the wrong group, it's invalid. But what happens if you shecht it on another day of the year for the wrong group? Again, we know, if you shecht it the other days of the year as a Pesach, it's invalid. But if you shecht it as a Shlomim, it's valid. So how does this Shinu Balim play out? Maybe if you shechted for the wrong owners, that would make it valid. Because it's, I guess the, the, the part of the logic would be, if you make it an invalid Pesach the rest of the year, then it's a valid Shlomim. So maybe if you shechted with the wrong owners in mind, it should make it valid. So let's see that inside. Boilahu, they asked, Pesach sheshoftu b'shari What's the halacha if someone shechs the korban pesach the rest of the year for the wrong owners? Shinu balim kashinu kodesh dami. Do we say that a shech um, offering it in mind with the wrong owners is the same as in mind with the wrong korban or saying for the wrong korban dami um and therefore it will be kosher or law or do we not compare them? So Omar Papa Amir Tadishma when I was giving over the sugya before Rava, I said as follows, Since Shinui Kodesh, I doing it for the wrong Korban in its right time invalidates it. when's the right time of a Korban Pesach? Erev Pesach in the afternoon. So if you do it then, then it invalidates it. And Shinu Balim invalidates it. And Shinu Balim also invalidates it on the 14th of Nisan. So then, Ma Shinu Kodesh Apostle Bismano, Ma Shirela Acharizmano. If Shinu Kodesh invalidates it the rest of the time, sorry, invalidates it on Erev Pesach and makes it kosher any other time of the year. Well then so too Shinui Balim which invalidates it in its right time on Erev Pesach would make it kosher the rest of the year. 
So that's Rav, Rav Popper's answer. And Rav is going to come along and say, that, that's not necessarily true, because as we'll show, they different types of invalidation. The invalidation of Shinui Kodesh is a more severe, is a stronger invalidation than Shinui Balim, than having a, shechting it for the wrong people in mind. So just because Shinui Balim makes it valid for another Korban, sorry, Shinui Kodesh makes it valid the rest of the year, I, you shecht your common Pesach as a Shlom in the rest of the year is valid, doesn't necessarily mean that will have the same effect if you do it with Shinui Balim. Let's see, Va'omar li lo, and Rav said to me, not necessarily, Imomar b'shinui kodesh, maybe you'll say it b'shinui kodesh, shekain, and we're going to list four things. Poislo b'gufo, v'yeshnu ba'arba avoidas, v'yeshnu la'achar misa, so if, um, more than five, v'yeshnu b'shliach, b'tzibur k'b'yochid. This psul of shechting it for the wrong korban, affects all these areas. It is a psul b'gufo. Your intent is regarding the actual Korban Pesach. And it applies through all four avodas. Remember that four avodas, um, Shechita, Kabbalah, Halacha, and Zrika. If at any of those points you have in mind, and if at any of those avodas you have in mind that you're doing it for the wrong Korban, it invalidates it. And... It, it invalidates it after the person's death. If a person set aside a korban and then his niftar, his descendants, his yorshim have to offer that korban. Now, if it's offered for the wrong type of korban, it's invalidate, it's invalid, and they'd have to bring another korban from their estate. And it's also relevant by communal offerings. If a korban is done as a communal offering and it's done with the wrong type of korban in mind, it's invalid. Which toimar, which is not necessarily b'shinui balim. The ain sula b'gufo. Shinui balim is not chain. Is not a, in the korban itself. Again, if you think this korban is a shlomim, well then you've changed what the actual korban is. But if you think it's for different owners, that thought is not regarding the korban. It's regarding the owners. And similarly, the ain of arba vodas is not in the arba vodas. This is only basrika. Very interestingly. Um, if you do shchita for the wrong owners, it's still a valid korban. The problem would be if you did shchita on condition to do the zrika for the wrong owners, or you do zrika for the wrong owners, that's only when it's invalid. Whereas, as we said, if you have in mind for the wrong type of korban, it's invalid in any of the four avodos. Um, it seems the difference is because, remember, the reason why someone's offering a korban is for kapora, for atonement. And when does the atonement take effect? On the zrika. So that's the key point when the correct owners have to, where, the, where it has to be done for the right owners. Um, and a korban pesach is different, but that's, um, you know, a korban pesach is primarily for eating, so therefore the shchita of a korban pesach is essential. But again, what do we see? The shinui balim is weaker because shinui balim is only effective by other by Korban Pesach the Shrito, other Korbanos the Zrika, whereas Shinu Kodesh, change of the type of sacrifice, can affect the Korban in all four Dalet Avodas. And then it says, And it also does not apply after Misa. Anyway, if someone died and the Yorshim are offering their Korban, it's anyway not the right owner.
so that that it wouldn't apply also. And it doesn't apply by tzibur I think if I understood Rashi correctly, why do we say that there's not, not you can't have in mind the wrong owners by a korban tzibur? Because there is no wrong owner. Who owns a communal offering? When the Kohanim offer the daily tomid on behalf of Bnei Yisrael, each person in Bnei Yisrael owns it. And therefore, if you have one Jew in mind, it's not the wrong Jew in mind, and it's still a valid korban. Um, and that, so that's very interesting. And the korban tzibur, something to think about once we're mentioning the korban tzibur. Like I would have said, yeah, no, let's leave that. Um, interesting, Rashi says, oh, what about a non-Jew? So fine, maybe when the Kohen shechted the Koban Tzibur, if he had any Jew in mind that is one of the right owners, so it's still a valid Korban. But what happens if he had a non-Jew in mind? So Rashi brings from Gomorrah's elsewhere that um, that it, it, if you shecht it on behalf of a non-Jew, it doesn't affect it because it only has an effect when it's something that's... Um, What's the word? Relevant. It has some affinity to the korban, and a non-Jew doesn't have a have any affinity to a korban sibur. Let me just see Rashi and Sahara again quickly. Yeah. for the wrong owners does not invalidate the korban. Elohim. You change it for someone else who would also be obligated in Kapora like him. And then he brings the source. And that's why if you shecht it for a non-Jew who doesn't have the same requirement of Kapora as a Jew, it would not be... Uh, it would not be... Uh, it would not invalidate it. So what have we said so far? We said that you can't compare the invalidation of having in mind for the wrong korban with the invalidation of having in mind for the wrong owner. The invalidation of, of wrong korban is much more expansive. It applies, as we said, in this full list of, of five things. Uh, it is only four. Um, which we don't say by Shinu Balim. And now the Gemara just qualifies this list. It says, And even though the two are not specific, Tarti, Miyadavka, the other two are specific. Which ones are not really real differences? What's the difference between Shinu Balim that we said it's not a Psula Bukufa? That's because it's all in the person's mind or what he says. And well, so too a Shinu Kodesh, when you have in mind for a different type of Korban, it's also not in the actual sacrifice, it's all in the person's mind and what he says. So that's why, uh, um, so that's not really a difference. Granted, the one is about the Korban and the one is about the owners, the invalidation is all in the, what the person says, so it's not in the actual Korban, so it's not a difference. It says, for two and secondly, This day we said there's no such thing as the wrong owner after death, because it's anyway the wrong owner. What about Rav Pinchas Breder of Ami, who says that there is Shinu Balim, it has to be done for the Yorship. It says, However, they are two specific differences between them, which highlights that. So, Elamar Rava, rather Rava says, 
פסח ששוחטו בשער ימוי סשונה בשינו בעלים נעשה כמי שאינו בעלים בזמן האופוסל. If you shecht the קורבן פסח, the rest of the year, with the wrong owners in mind, it's as if it doesn't have owners in its right time and פוסל it's invalid. Um, so he's saying it's the exact same uh, disqualification. If you shecht the קורבן on Erev Pesach with the wrong owners in mind, it's invalid. So to the rest of the year, if you shecht it with the wrong korban, with the wrong owners in mind, if you shecht the korban with the wrong owners in mind, it would be invalid. Okay, next Mishnah. What happens if you shecht the korban Pesach for those who can't eat it? Or those who were not counted as part of it? For those who are oral, uncircumcised, or those who are impure. Apostle, it is invalid. The Korban Pesach has to be shechted for people who can eat it. All of these people, we'll learn them as one group, um, but they can't eat it. Shalola Ochlov is someone, as we'll see in the Gemara, but I'll just say it now to make it clearer. Shalola Ochlov is someone who can't eat it. Let's say they're too sick to eat. Or Shalolim um, Nuyav. Remember, a Korban Pesach, you have to unite as a group, and it has to be your group's Korban Pesach. And no, and you can't eat from a Korban Pesach that's not part of the group. So Archgol used the phrase registered to the Korban Pesach. So that's what you can't, uh, you can't join it unless you registered to it. Um, vishilola och, um, so, yeah, and then an oral, haloch is an uncircumcised person is actually not allowed to eat any sacrifice. There's an interesting discussion, Rashi Toshos, what about someone who can't have a miller? Because two or more of their older brothers died from Miller. We know for certain, it's a discussion exactly, but let's say two boys die, two brothers died from Miller. The third son, you don't give him Miller because you assume that Miller is dangerous for them. They say, sometimes they say it was, if you look in the, even the old works, they say it's alluding to uh, what's that condition when your blood can't clot or something like that. I think it's hemophilia. So like something like that. So if two of the older brothers die from Miller, then you don't do Miller on the next brother. So he's an oral. He's literally uncircumcised, but as no, nothing, um, but from no aspect of evil or going against Hashem or doesn't want to do the mitzvahs of Hashem. So is he someone who's not allowed to eat from a korban? That's a discussion Rashi and Tosfos. But okay, that's an oral and a tome. We know a tome person can't eat a sacrifice. All of these people, if you shech the sacrifice on behalf of them, it can't be eaten and therefore it's invalid. Then it says, What happens if you shech it for a, mint, for a mixture? When, when he's shechting it in his mind, I'm shechting it for, oh, uh, Ruvain, Shimon and Levi. I know Ruvain's very old and can't eat, but Shimon and Levi can eat. So it's for a mixture. Or he shechs it for six people and three of those people are Arelim and three of those people have Mila, etc. Or half the group is Tom, half the group is Tahar. It's kosher. It's valid. So what do we see from that line? That as long as the Korban Pesach is shechted at least on behalf of one person who can eat from it, it's a valid Korban Pesach. If you shecht it before midday, it's invalid because it says it has to be shechted in the afternoon. What happens if you shecht it before the Korban Tomid of the afternoon? Now remember, that's the sugya that we started this Masechta off. 
generally all korbanos have to be finished before the korban tomid, but the korban pesach must be done after the korban tomid. What happens if you do shecht it before offering the korban tomid? Since kosher is valid, but what you should get someone to stir the blood, so you shecht the korban pesach and you realize, wait, we haven't offered the korban tomid, so you get someone to stir the blood so it doesn't congeal. And you shecht and offer up the korban tomid, and then you go back and sprinkle the blood on the mizbeach. But in Nisrat, however, what happens if you didn't do that? What happens if you even sprinkled the blood before the korban, before the korban tomid? Kosher, it's valid. As we'll see in the Gemara, but I'll bring out the point now. There's a very interesting, uh, what would it be, um, style of drosh of the psukim of psukim when it discusses kodshim and it discusses the sacrifices and their ser- and their temple service is that if it says something just once in the Pasuk, I for example it tells us once that the Pesach must be after the Tomid, then that is the way that you should do it. And it's the ideal way and it's a mitzvah to do it that way. However if you don't do it that way, it is still valid. But yeah it is valid. However if it repeats the command the mitzvah then if you don't do it like that it's invalid so if it only says once then it's ideal it's the way to do it but if you don't if you would do it but yeah, it would be fine and um, if it says it twice then it's also so what do you mean by for those who can't eat the korban pesach who can't eat the korban pesach so says no he's speaking about someone very sick or very old what does it mean for those who aren't registered? It says, If you had one group um, counted regarding this specific Koban Pesach, and he shares it on behalf of another group. Now, what's the source? The Toner as the we learned in Abraisa. The Pasuk says, in, in counting. I'll just read the whole Pasuk. It says, It says, if there are too few people to eat a whole lamb, he'll join together with his neighbor, and they will count the number of people, each man according to what he needs to eat, they will count over the lamb or the kid. So that's the mixas counted on. You're only allowed to shech the common Pesach on behalf of those who are counted to it, those who are registered to eat that common Pesach. Oh, well, maybe if you shech it on behalf of those who aren't registered to it, it's just like transgressing a mitzvah, but it's still a valid korban. I, again, as I said, where do you see that this isur of shechting it is doubled to make it invalid? So Talmud Lomar, the mixas tochosu. In the middle of the Pazak it says, the mixas nefoshos, etc., etc. Lefi ochlo tochosu. So it says it twice. Hakosov shono olav la'akev. Rebi, Oime Rebi says, no, lash, what's tochosu? Loshon sursihu ka'adam she'oma lechaveira koisli tlezeh. Rebbe says it's, it's, a, it's actually this word tochos is from sursi, which means shecht, like a person says, shecht me this lamb. I had saying that this issue of kavana for people who can't eat it only is only effective, only affects your korban, excuse me, only affects your korban when at the time of shchita. But if you have that kavana for those who can't eat it, let's say at the time of zrika. That wouldn't be a problem. So that's how Revi is learning. 
Oh, so that's a good source that the Koban Pesach has to be shechted for those who are registered it. Where do we see Where do we see that you can't shecht the Koban Pesach for those who can't eat it? Says Omakro, the Apostle says, Each man, according to what he eats, it shall be shechted. Iskish oichl or shall be counted. It connects those who eat it to those who are counted. Okay, then it says, new point. What happens if you shecht it for those who have mila, but on condition that the zrika is for arelim? For uncircumcised people. Now again, you know, if you shecht it for arelim, for those who are uncircumcised, it's invalid. The question is, and we also learned that this invalidation of for those people who can't eat it is specifically by shechita. But what happens if while doing the shechita, your intent is to do the zrika, the sprinkling of the blood, for people who can't eat it, for arelim? So Rav Chizda Omar Posul Rava Omar Kosher. Rav Chizda says it's invalid and Rava says it's kosher. And now we're going to spend the rest of the daf explaining and, and trying to see what, and what their source is for this principle. So again, what's the scenario? We know that this that you have to share, I mean it's according to it's how Tosfos definitely learn and I think maybe Rashi also. It's just an example of anyone you, who can't eat it. But we'll just discuss the case that it is. So we know the Korban Pesach has to be shechted for people who can eat it. And if you shechted for people like um, Arelim, uncircumcised people who can't eat from it, it's invalid. We know that if you do the Zrika for Arelim, you do the sprinkling of the blood of the Korban Pesach on behalf of people who can't eat it, that doesn't affect it. Because this issue of doing it on behalf of people who can't eat it, this intent is only effective during the Shechita. So what would be if while doing the Shechita, the person had in mind to do the Zrika for those who can't eat it? Because there you've now blurred the boundary because it's while doing Shechita, which we know intent is, 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 is effective to invalidate the common Pesach, but... It's for a different avoider, which it's not effective. So that's why Rav Chizda says it's invalid, and Rav says it is valid. Rav Chizda, Omar Apostle, Yeish Mashevis Arelim Bezrika, Rav Chizda says it's invalid because his intent for the uncircumcised does have effect by the Zrika. And Rabbi Omar Kosher, Eish Mashevis Arelim Bezrika, his intent to shecht for the uncircumcised, to do, sorry, his intent while doing shechita for the uncircumcised, to do the sprinkling for the uncircumcised, is not effective. Now, Omar Rabbah Minah Minalah, Rabbah says, how do I know this? How do I know that it's valid? That if while doing the shechita you have intent to do the zrika for those who can't eat it, it's still valid? For uncircumcised people it's valid. The Tanya, we learned to the Brisa, Yochel Yifsol Benei Chabura Haboim Imo, you might have thought that if it's shechter on behalf of multiple people and one of them is uncircumcised, it should invalidate it for the rest of the group. The group. Vidin who? And it makes sense. 
just as oh is it logical um just as uncircum an uncircumcised person invalidates it and a tome person would invalidate it ma tuma lo osobom mitzas tuma kachol tuma af orla lo osobom mitzas orla kachol orla maybe just as batuma we don't consider we don't make if you shechted it on behalf of some Tomei people and some Tahar people, it's not the same as if you um, shechted it all for Tomei people. And so too, bar if you shechted on behalf of and only on behalf of uncircumcised people, it's not the same as if you shechted it on behalf of both uncircumcised and circumcised. But wait, you can actually look at it the other way around. It says, Just as Orla invalidates it. If you shecht it on behalf of uncircumcised people, it invalidates the common Pesach. And so too, the wrong time invalidates the common Pesach. What does it mean, the wrong time? So do you remember Piggle? Piggle comes up very often when you discuss in Kodjim. What's Piggle? Piggle is when you do the Avoda, you do the Shrita or the Kabbalah, the Halacha or the Zrika in mind to eat the sacrifice at at the wrong time. So we know the Koban Pesach has to be eaten that night. So if you do the avoider of the Koban Pesach in mind to eat it in two days time, you know, I'd rather have it for lunch than for supper, that's piggle, that's invalidate. So Orla invalidates it, wrong, um, if you shech the Koban Pesach on behalf of the uncircumcised, and so to piggle invalidates it. He says, Ma's man, osobom mikta's man, kuchol's man, just as by piggle, even if your intent is only on part of the korban, it's invalid. I let's say you say, you know what? It's a, it's a, it looks like a delicious lamb. I'm going to offer it as my korban pesach, and I'll eat most of it tonight, but I'll leave a little bit for lunch on Yom Tov. So only some of the korban is really piggle. Because only some of the korban you plan on eating in the wrong time. Still the whole korban is invalid. So maybe we should say the same thing about Arela. If someone has in mind that I'm going to shift it for 10 people and one of them is uh, Orel. It should be invalid. Just as if you had in mind to shift the whole korban to be eaten in the right time. And just a small piece in the wrong time. So the Gomorrah, so then he, so the price carries on, Nira Lemi Doime, what's more similar? Donin Dover Sha'enonoik Bukholas Bachim, do we discuss, do we compare something like an oral, an uncircumcised person which does not apply by all other sacrifices, Midover Sha'enonoik Bukholas Bachim, from something that does not apply by all sacrifices? I Tome. And you can't bring a proof from Zman which does apply by all sacrifices. What do we mean? So firstly, most sacrifices, even if the person who's offering, bringing the sacrifice is an oral, granted he can't eat, it's still a valid korban, except the korban Pesach. If it's shechter on behalf of an oral, of an uncircumcised person, it's invalid. And so to Batuma, just about always a korban can only be eaten by 
Tahar people, but there are certain times, like we'll see if most Jews are Tomei, then they can still eat their Korban Pesach while Tomei. So it doesn't apply by all sacrifices. So Orla and Tuma are more similar than Orel and Pigle, because Pigle applies by every single sacrifice. But wait, you can look at it the other way around. He says, We shall compare something that there's never an exception, an orla, to something that there's never an exception, piggle. And we shouldn't learn it from tumor, which there is an exception. So Talmud Lama, the Torah says, Zos. Ah, the Torah says Zos. So I know that you don't have to share. So, so again, what, what was the whole discussion uh, founded about? We can't, and we know that if you share the common Pesach on behalf of some uncircumcised people and some circumcised people, it's valid. And we've been trying to work that out from logic, but we haven't been able to. We've been going back and forwards, um, looking at it from different angles, and we're not sure which way to look at it. Does, should we compare it to um, Tumah? And therefore, as long as some of the people are Tahar, and so to some of the people are circumcised, it's valid. Or should we compare it to Pigle and say it's invalid as long as one person is uncircumcised? We're not sure. So, oh, the Torah says Zos. Zos Chukasa Pesach. Um, now the Gemara says, how do we see it from Zos? It's my Zos. What? How does Zos show us that as long as some people can eat the Korban Pesach, as long as some of the group are circumcised, it's still valid. So he says, my Zos is, Maybe one who says Zos is coming to teach us that if all of the group is Aurelim, it's invalid, but if some of the group is Aurelim, it's not invalid. Hi, Mikol Orel Nafka. We learn that out from Vichol Arel, from all those who are uncircumcised. It says all of those who are uncircumcised. Then it's invalid, which means that as long as some of those are uncircumcised, it's still valid. So it must be this is what it's teaching. Talmud Loimar Vichol Orel. The Torah says. Only if the carbon Pesach is shechted on behalf of everyone, if everyone who is shechted on behalf of is uncircumcised, then it's invalid. If only some of the people are uncircumcised, then it's valid. And maybe you'll say, oh, so too Bazrika, that if it's the sprinkling of the blood is done on behalf of those who are railers, mia apostolate should be apostle, Talmud Lomar Zos. Beshritahu de Kula Orla, mia apostle. It's only Bashrita that if it's done completely on behalf of the uncircumcised, if if everyone is done on behalf of is uncircumcised, it will be invalid. But by Zrika, even if everyone is done on behalf of is uncircumcised, Lami Loi Postle, it won't invalidate it. So this is how Rabbah, this is, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll, see, yeah, we'll see one more point on this, but let's just consolidate this in our minds. What have we learned? The first point is that Pasuk says, V'chol Orel. I, the only time that it's a problem to eat, that the common person becomes invalid, if everyone at Shechter on behalf is uncircumcised. And as we said, we lumped it together, it would be so too if it's Shechter on behalf of everyone who's Tomei or everyone who is, if everyone of the group is Tomei or everyone of the group is uh, sick and can't eat, etc. Um, 
So that's those lavas rikah and filikula arla namilob. Yeah, um, but that's specifically by the shchita. You might think by the zrika, it's also invalid if it's shechted on behalf, if the zrika is done on behalf of people who are all uncircumcised. Tamud lama vazos. No, only bashchita is this an issue. Only bashchita if it's done on behalf of people who are uncircumcised, it's invalid. But again, regarding uh, zrika, even if the person doing zrika, or when he's doing shchita, he has in mind for the zrika that um, it's all that it's for people who are uncircumcised it would still be a valid korban again because this intent does not take effect during zrika why should zrika why should sprinkling the blood be more lenient if this intent invalidates it during shita it should also invalidate it during zrika why is zrika more lenient said the ein machshebes oichlin bezrika because the intent for those who are eating doesn't take effect by um, doesn't take effect by zrika, as we learned. I think this is as we learned on the previous Amud. Um, at least our Rebbe says it. Uh, the, the phrase was b'michsas, and we learned that also refers to those who are counted on it. But during shchita, so it's specifically by shchita, these invalid, that the, the people who can't, regarding those who can't eat it, it's specifically by shchita and not by zrika, because by oichlin, sorry, let me just actually confirm this. Yeah. That's, that's correct. The Torah only said um, this thing of it has to be done for those who can eat it by shchita. So therefore zrika is more lenient. And once we say zrika is more lenient, we can, where we can exclude it from this halacha of shechting it, uh, doing zrika on behalf of Aurelian. So that's Rabbah who says that if you shecht it within, so you shecht the common Pesach, within mind that you're going to do the zrika on behalf of people who can't eat it, e.g. for example, Aurelim, people who are uncircumcised, that doesn't invalidate it, because intent by Zrika regarding those who don't eat it doesn't have an effect. And Rav Chizda says, on the contrary, Adarabah, the Idich Gisa, the other way around, makes more sense. It's Talmud, Loimar V'chol Orel. The Torah says, if it's shechted for everyone who's uncircumcised, kula orla poslo mitzasoloi poslo. If you shechted completely on behalf of people who are possible, sorry, if you shechted on the whole group who is uncircumcised, then it's invalid. As long as only some of them are uncircumcised, then it's not invalid. Avalzrika filu mitzasa namitzula. But by the zrika, it's so much stricter that even if you do the sprinkling on behalf of some people who are uncircumcised, then it would be invalid. Or you might say, well, we should say the same thing by zrika, that only when you do the zrika on behalf of... The zrika is done on behalf of of only people who are uncircumcised unless it's done on behalf of only people who are uncircumcised it's not invalid 
Talmud Leimer Zos, the Torah says this, Shechita Huta Miktsasa Lo Poslo, Avazrika Afila Miktsasa Poslo. No, Shechita, this leniency of Miktsasa does not invalidate it, by Zrika it does not. So Rav Chizda is learning the other way around. He's saying, he's learning it as, pos- as follows. It says Bashchita, it says Bashchita, it says Vachol Orel. Right? That if the shechita is done completely on behalf of a group of uncircumcised people, then it's invalid. But if it's done on behalf of some people are circumcised and some people are uncircumcised, then it is valid. That's the shechita. Says Rav Chizda says, what about the zrika? So the zrika also it would be completely invalid. It would be com- invalid even if it's done on some people who are uncircumcised. So if the Kohen, when he's sprinkling the blood, thinks of the group and some of that group is uncircumcised, but the Zrikot would be invalid. Or maybe, maybe, but just as Shechita, it's only if the whole group is uncircumcised, we should say, but Zrika, only if the whole group is uncircumcised, it's invalid. Not just if some of the group. So the Torah says, Zos. No, this leniency is only by the Shechita. Well, why do you say Zrika is so strict? Why would you assume that Zrika is stricter than um, the Shechita? Again, that Shechita, if you shecht it on behalf of some people who are uncircumcised, it's valid. If you do the Zrika on behalf of some people who are uncircumcised, it is valid. So why is Zrika stricter? It's invalid. Yeah, it's invalid. Why is Zrika stricter? The loy mikvah pigul elabezrika. Because it can only become pigul at Zrika. What does that mean? That's an interesting halacha regarding pigul. For a korban to be counted as pigul. And remember, pigul comes with other severities, like if you eat it, you have kores, etc. So pigul is quite a severe. But for it to qualify as pigul, the, the korban has to be offered perfectly, except for the pigul intent. Right, so what would happen if, let's say, someone did the shchita and the zrika, the shrita and the halacha and the kabbalah, or any of those, all in mind to eat it after the time. And then he does the zrika um, for the sake of another sacrifice, or something like that. That wouldn't be pigle, because there, there, there's another invalidation. For it to be pigle, the whole avoider has to be done perfectly with the only invalidation being pigle. And therefore, and when can, when is that? When does that, so when would that kick in? At Zrika. So we see Zrika stricter because it, it puts the stamp on a korban being pigle. So that's how Rav Chizda learns. So interesting, we have two ways of learning and they basically come out the opposite. As whether you assume Zrika is more lenient than the Shechita or stricter than the Zrika. Rabbi assumes that they both agree that regarding Shechita. Both Rabbi and Rav Chizda agree regarding Shechita. If it's Shechita on behalf of some people who are Tomei or some people who are uncircumcised, then it's valid. It's only when it's Shechita on behalf, completely on behalf of those who are um of those who are invalid to eat it, like uncircumcised, would it actually invalidate the korban? And then depending on whether you say Zrika is strict or Zrika is more lenient, would it apply by Zrika? Rabbi says Zrika is more lenient and therefore it does not apply by Zrika. It can't invalidate the korban. And Rav Chizda says Zrika is stricter. So even if only some of the people can't 
it's, even if it's sprinkled on some of the people who are uncircumcised, it would be invalid. Matki Floravashi, Ravashi challenges this understanding. He says, Mimaida hai vacholarel kulamashma. Who says that vacholarel means everyone must be uncircumcised for it to be invalid? Dilma hai vacholarel mashma kolduhu arela. Maybe vacholarel should be understood as if any are uncircumcised. Therefore, Kosabrahmona Zois. Therefore, the Torah writes, Zos, this, the ad de ika kula orla loy posla, loy shna bishrita ve loy shna bishrika. And therefore, until you have everyone who's an orla, it would not invalidate it. It makes no difference whether we're discussing shchita or discussing zrika. And therefore, we'll leave it for in the Gomorrah today, and we'll have to start it tomorrow. But that's what the Gomorrah then, Ravashi is going to have to give a different explanation because who says that Vacholorel means everyone must be uncircumcised for it to be invalid? Maybe Vacholorel can be read as anyone who's uncircumcised makes the Korban invalid. There was just one point I wanted to bring up on the Mishnah, I forgot. It's very, I mean, it's this point that will come up a few times so we might get another chance to discuss it, but just to mention, um, one of the Conditions for the Korban Pesach to be valid is it has to, and for people to be able to eat from a Korban Pesach, is they have to be part of a group. If you're not part of the group, you cannot eat from the Korban Pesach. Now, I don't know if you remember, but how do we start? We say Kiddush, okay, and then we getting the Seder off. Right at the beginning of the Seder, we say Holach Ma'anya, this is the bread of uh, poverty or bread of affliction, etc., and anyone who's hungry and poor, come and join us. It's too late to invite people to come and join you for the Seder. Because the common Pesach has already been shefted and it had to be shefted for those in mind. So that's a question that bothers a lot of different, uh, they discuss it in a lot of different Agodas and a lot of different commentaries. How? What's that paragraph doing there? Well, it's actually too late to invite a poor person to come and join you for the Seder. Because again, he can't eat from the Korban Pesach unless it was shechted with him in mind as well as part of the group. So that's what, uh, again, the various answers. Maybe we'll get a chance later on in the Masechta to discuss it again. But we'll something to think about um, as you start uh, writing your notes for your Haggadah, for your Seder. Okay, we'll leave it there.